Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, this morning we're going to be going to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. We'll get there in a moment. And the title of the message today is going to make you think just a little bit. It is entitled, Piping and Mourning. What in the world is piping and mourning? Now, if you're a welder, I'm not talking about that kind of piping, okay? Uh, just, just hold off there. Piping and mourning. Listen, God... God wants all men to be saved. He wants mankind, everyone, and he will leave no stone unturned in his efforts, in his quest to melt the will of men. And that's exactly what God intends on doing. God is going to do whatever it takes to give you the best chance to be born again, to know him, to come to him. Still, the stubborn souls of men hold out against God. It seems no matter what happens, you know, good days, bad days, whatever's going on, many times people will just continue to hold out on God. And as they hold out on God, God continues to offer uh, various opportunities. God has given us in his first commandment one thing that he hopes we will do instead of looking around for all alternate sources of satisfaction god knows what will satisfy our hearts and that's why he said in exodus 20 and verse 3 he said thou shalt have no other gods before me this is god's hope this is god's determination that we would not have any other gods before him that nothing else in our life would 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 be more important than him that he would be, you know, important in every area, in every aspect of our lives. And finally, uh, God, as, as he did everything he could do, he, 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 he exhausted all other attempts. And finally, in order to reach mankind, God sent a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. That voice is still ringing out, even though the man, John the Baptist, may have died, his ministry continues, and, and still we are hearing the Holy Spirit cry out throughout the land, here in the United States and indeed around the world, prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming to your house. He's coming to your heart. He's knocking on your door. Get ready. God is still preparing hearts. And finally, God sent his only begotten son and gave him as a sacrifice, Jesus came into the world to show us the Father God, to show us God's goodness, to show us God's grace, and to show us God's love. And in, in a very special time, God calls it the fullness of time, in a very special moment, in a moment that God designed before the foundation of the world, we find two great voices, two great men, as it were, standing in one place, in one moment of time. John the Baptist, this Elijah, 
as Jesus said, that was going to be sent to prepare hearts and lives to receive Messiah. We see him standing upon the earth, and the very same time Jesus, the Son of God, Son of Man, Messiah, standing. John the Baptist and Jesus both standing in the same place at the same time on the earth. What a fulfillment of the covenants. What an opportunity for men to have heard John the Baptist and Jesus Christ speaking in a same moment upon the earth. What a, 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 a destined event. After John had baptized Jesus, Jesus began his ministry and called his disciples. Herod rose up. And King Herod put John the Baptist into prison. John the Baptist, no doubt knowing that his days were numbered and soon he would be beheaded, he wondered. He wondered in himself and he even sent two of his disciples to go and ask Jesus, this, this, this miracle worker, this one who was healing the sick and cleansing the leper and raising the dead and casting out devils, he sent to ask Jesus, are you the one? Tell me, comfort me, give me this comfort because I know that I was sent. I know being filled by the Holy Spirit, I saw the dove descending from heaven and remaining upon you. I know the voice that told me that you would be the Messiah. Confirm this for me. Jesus told John's disciples, go back to John in prison and you tell him the things that you are seeing. You tell him that the lame are walking and the blind are seeing, and the deaf, their ears are opening. You tell them that the gospel is being spread. You tell them that I am the fulfillment of the promise that God said that he would send Messiah into a lost and a hurting world. Yes, John, I am the Messiah. Jesus, after sending these disciples back to John, began to teach the multitudes in the Galilee. And he was, was gathered there, and, and no doubt what he had just said to John's disciples and sending them back to John, no doubt this was on his heart and on his mind. And, and as he began immediately after, thereafter to teach this multitude, we catch up with him in Matthew, the 11th chapter. And Jesus said this in verse 16. But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you, and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath a devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a gluttonous and a wine-biber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Verse 20, Then Jesus began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. 
because they did not turn. Change. To have a change in heart, a change in mind that produces a change in direction of our lives. Piping and mourning. Wow. We have piped to you and we have mourned to you. We piped to you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. You did not change. No matter what we did, piping and mourning represent the two ministries that God ordained to reach the souls and melt the hearts of men. Piping and mourning, as Jesus put it. The New Living Translation in Matthew eleven seventeen says this, We played wedding songs and you didn't dance, so we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. We tried everything to reach you. Jesus, the we that he's talking about, is him and God. Me and God, we have tried everything. I mean, right in front of you is an example of everything that we have tried. Here, John the Baptist came, and, 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 and he didn't eat or drink, and he was, you know, he was one way, and he preached repentance, and, and, you know, and, and, and here I am preaching rejoicing, and, and here I am, you know, uh, you know we, we, we're piping, we're, we're, we're playing a wedding song. We tried the funeral song. We tried telling you that you were dead in your sins. We tried telling you that you are going to hell if you do not get born again. We tried telling you that you need to stop sin. We tried telling you that you need to turn your life to Christ, and it didn't work. So here I am singing a wedding song to you and telling you that you can come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest yet you do not repent. We tried everything. Every approach to reach the hearts and melt the souls of men. Piping and mourning. We tried joy and we tried sorrow. We tried dancing and we tried weeping. We tried rejoicing and we tried repenting. We tried the law and it didn't work. We tried grace and it doesn't seem to be working any better. Men still choose their own way. Men are still ignoring the salvation that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. We tried everything. We tried judgment. We tried forgiveness. We tried everything, preaching both the goodness of God and preaching the evils of sin. What does it take, Jesus says, to get through to you? What does it take? What can we do more? John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Repent and return to the Father of your souls. When that didn't work, God sent his only son to preach, receive me and rejoice with me forever. But you're like children sitting in the marketplace. No matter what message you hear, you're ignoring the father that loves you. Imagining that this father, he doesn't understand your reality. He doesn't understand where you are. He just, he's out of touch. He's a God that cannot, he cannot know what you're going through. Like a child looking at a parent and feeling that the parent is, 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 is old and out of touch. Feeling that God, I mean, here, 
The Father of our souls is reaching out in every way to us, and yet Jesus said that the generation seems to forget. They choose to ignore. They forget God in their good times. They forget that he is the one that blessed them, that he's offering them a, you know, a wedding proposal to his only son, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You can come to Christ. They tend to forget God in their good times, and they tend not to trust God when things are difficult. Neither sorrow nor joy turns the hearts of men to the Lord, Jesus is saying. Jesus is perplexed. He's sitting there realizing that, that the two best players ever are right on scene. And here, the world is refusing to recognize all that God is doing, has done, and is doing to turn the hearts of men. In fact, people often turn bitter. They often become critical of the message of God the moment of God, or the messengers of God. People often become critical, and, and yet all day long, God reaches from his heart. He reaches to his children, and his children continue to refuse to acknowledge him. Why do men ignore God? Especially in the turmoil of their day. He is the only answer. He is the only future. He is the only eternity. This was not a new thing in the days of Jesus and John. You see, it had been happening. Jesus had been watching this from heaven. Since the garden, God had been reaching out in every way, blessing, correcting, and yet men continued to ignore there is an old Jewish proverb concerning two kings of Judah. These two kings, one king Ahaz and one king Amaziah, they lived about a hundred years apart. King Amaziah ruled in Jerusalem over the nation of Judah in about the year 825 B.C. And along about a hundred years later, along about 730 B.C., came King Ahaz. Both of these kings encountered a God moment. These moments were opposites. They were very different moments. But both of them were orchestrated by God. Both of these moments, one man received a victory and the other man received a defeat. One king was victorious, one king was defeated. But both of them reacted in very similar ways. King Amaziah experienced a victory while King Ahaz experienced defeat. The proverb is meant to show the vanity of mankind, of men who ignore both the blessings of God and the chastisements of the Lord, and both are from the hand of God. The proverb, let me read it to you, says God, I was angry with Ahaz. 
And I delivered him into the hands of the kings of Damascus. He sacrificed and burned incense to their gods. I played with Amaziah, and I gave the king of Edom into his hands. He brought their gods and worshipped them. Now, this is a proverb, and if you can read it, you can, you know, uh, it, it's in 2 Chronicles chapter 25 and chapter 28. Uh, both of these kings ignored the hand of God on their lives. One of these kings, God brought chastisement to. And what did the king do? He just started looking for alternative ways to satisfy his soul and started looking for other gods and other idols and other things. When God says, you shall have no other gods before me, God was trying to turn the heart of Amaziah to him. And yet Amaziah said, I'll just worship other gods. I mean, if these gods defeated me, then I'm going to go and worship them instead of real, realizing that, that, that God may have allowed this moment to come upon him so he would seek the true and living God so that he might turn to God for his source and for his help. It has been the same since the garden. And then to King Ahaz, I played with Amaziah, he said. I was angry with Ahaz. I played with Amaziah. You know, people often ignore the blessings and the chastisements of the Lord. Many times we encounter blessings and never think about where they come from. And why are they coming to us? Why are we so blessed? Many times we go through life as though this is an expectation. And the bump in the road or the, or, 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 or the pothole is something that just, oh, it's just life. We never realize that it might be God getting our attention. It might be God wanting us to acknowledge him, to recognize him. It might be God. In 2 Chronicles 28, verse 22, talks about Ahaz. Now in the time of his distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to the Lord. This is that King Ahaz. For he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, which had defeated him, saying, Because the gods of the kings of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. But they were the ruin of him and all Israel. You see, you can't just, you know, you can't just take on the ways of the world. Because the world looks like it's doing well or because, you know, one group looks like that they are, 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 are winning or that, they, that, that, that they're doing better. You, you can't just jump ship and decide that you're going to start living in a way that's displeasing to God. In his distress, he became more unfaithful to the Lord. We cannot afford to add impurities to our lives in the days of distress, in the days of hurt, in the days of worry, in the days of tribulation, trial, tragedy. We cannot afford to become more ungodly. We cannot afford to get farther from God or more unfaithful to God. In 2 Chronicles 25, talking about King Amaziah, now it was so, he said, after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the people of Seir and set them up to be his gods and bowed down before them and burned incense to them. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah. He sent him a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people 
which could not rescue their own people from your hand. Why, why do you spend your money for things which cannot satisfy? Why do you spend your whole life looking for something whenever God's blessings are so evident in your life? When God is blessing you, why then would you try to find other sources of satisfaction? The ancient proverb recounts that God was angry with one and he played with the other, but neither man respected God. Neither one acknowledged God, not in their day of blessing and not in their day of defeat. You see, this, Jesus is saying, is what was perplexing him. We have piped and we have mourned. We have played wedding songs and we have played funeral songs and nothing seems to turn you towards the God, the Father of your soul. The Bible contains numerous accounts of God doing everything He can to reach you. To reach you in your good days so that you would acknowledge Him. To reach you in your difficult days so you would trust Him. Because that's what God wants. This morning I, I have come to ask you to dance with God. This morning God is hoping that you will respond to the offer to dance with Him. Certainly, He has piped for us. Certainly, He has sent His only begotten Son to sing a love song to us and to talk to us about the rejoicing that we have, not only in this life, but in the life to come. What else could God do? For some of you, you have been unfaithful to God and you have felt the hand of His correction on your life. But you have not accepted it as God's love. You have not accepted it as God's offering, a chastisement from a loving Father, a correction from a God who is only trying to get through to you. Some of you are going through very difficult times, perhaps in your nation, in your city, perhaps in your family, perhaps in the own turmoil of your mind. Maybe you feel distressed. And perhaps you have not recognized that it is a loving God that is only playing for you the morning song of his heart to see you falling so beneath your potential, trying to correct you by the loving hand of a good God. God loves you, every one of you, and he wants you to be born again. He wants to offer you his son. And in this life, you will encounter tribulations, trials, and testing. That's what Jesus said. But it is not a time for you to look somewhere else for some alternative source of satisfaction, 
to begin to worship some other God, some other God hoping that some other God would provide pleasure or would provide peace. There is no God but Jehovah. A God that is willing to offer you his son and play for you a wedding song, a love song, because he wants to see you dance. He wants to see you happy and healthy. He wants to bless you without you turning the blessing into a God that you worship. Three things this morning that God wants from you. Number one, God wants us to acknowledge him. He's sitting in the marketplace. And for some of you today, he is piping. And for some of you, he is mourning. He's just wanting your attention. He's wanting you to know that he understands where you are. That he wants you to understand where he is. Don't act like a spoiled child, too wise or too cool for Jesus. Or, you know, don't ignore what he's doing. Don't act like you don't need him. Don't act like he cannot relate to you. Acknowledge God. He has blessed and he has corrected. And these two things will not be removed from the earth until Jesus comes again. And then we will be taken with him. And those left will then see the judgment of God upon the sin of this world. Thank God he will save us from the wrath to come. Won't you dance with him? Acknowledge him. Number two, God wants our obedience. Nothing takes the place of obeying God, just obeying Him. When you lose respect for God, when you lose respect for God's Word, when you lose respect for God's way, when you lose respect for God's will, you cease to care enough to obey. God wants to be respected. And the way we show respect to God is that we obey Him regardless of what others may do, regardless of what happens in the election in our nation, regardless what happens in our foreign policies, with our taxes, regardless of what happens in your future, in, 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 in any situation that you face, obey God. Do not choose a time of distress to become unfaithful to God. Acknowledge Him. He is God. Obey Him. He is the Lord. And a third thing that God wants from each one of us today is that God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to trust Him in every situation, in our good days and in our difficult days. Trust the Lord. Don't allow fear to become your God. Don't be drawn into worry 
and frustration. Our God is able. He is able. Trust him. Don't be like King Amaziah or King Ahaz. Trust the Lord. Trust him. Trust his hand of correction and trust his hand of blessing. Don't become unfaithful. Acknowledge him. He is God. Respect him. Obey his word. And offer him the relationship that he wants. A relationship of trust. I trust God. If you're not sure that you're born again today, you can be. Jesus is sitting in the marketplace and he has brought a love song. He wants to marry you. If you will but say yes to him, if you will but open up your heart, he will come in. He's knocking at your door. Today, he wants to be your friend. And he will, if you'll give him the chance. You might say, how do I do that? Number one, it's important that we recognize, as Jesus said, you know, the children are ignoring the correction and the blessing. Don't ignore him. Recognize you need a Savior. What are you going to do without him? What is God doing in your life today to get your attention? Is he blessing you? Is he correcting you? Is it chastisement or is it rejoicing? Which one is he doing in your life, in your city, in your family, in your nation, in your generation today? Recognize his hand. Recognize that you need a Savior. Repent of your sins and receive him by simply asking him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. Acknowledge God. Obey his word and offer him the relationship that he wants. Trust him. Trust him for your today and trust him for your eternity. You can trust God. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.